Ashley from Our Splendid Life. Hi, it's Laura from Millennial Stepmom. And we are so excited to welcome you to Combo Moms, a podcast for blended families. Each week, we'll be sharing tools and resources for your step family, along with stories and experiences from viewers like you. Hey guys, Ashley here. Welcome to episode four of Combo Moms. Happy Friday. I hope you were all having a drama-free week. I know over here, it's just been a lot of mom life. Nellie's getting big. She's crawling around. And yeah, how's your week going, Laura? <laughs> Nellie is so cute. I love watching your Instagram oh stories. Gosh. Like, I can't believe how big she's getting. She's getting so big. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> uh, this week felt like forever. I'm so happy yeah. it's Friday. Um, I am celebrating with some wine and Netflix later. Uh, all to myself because my son will be with his mom and Brian has a show so and sometimes I just love those nights and that sounds so (laughs) good yes Um, (laughs) but there was one funny thing that happened this week actually I picked up my stepson from school and he was in a mood he stormed out of school (laughs) annoyed and started complaining that his mom forgot to put his homework folder in his backpack for him and he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. She didn't put it in my backpack. And now I can't do the homework. And I was like, okay, well, let's first call her and see if she has it. And they live like across the street. So right. we're able to stop by. But like on our way to her house, I was like, um, wait a minute. You, this is your job to remember your homework folder. You're yeah. 11 now and it is not mom's job to remember to put your homework folder in your backpack like it is your job to remember so I was just like sorry I have mom's back on this one you're not <laughs> getting sympathy from me like we yeah you need to and it's hard because he's 11 so he's going through that you know right coming right. out of elementary school getting ready for middle school but for sure um, I don't take the whole like blaming mom thing like especially when it's really on him so oh my gosh yes <laughs> good for you Ellie Kate is at that age too and I just feel like oh man there are days <laughs> yeah they're they're like testing us or they're testing their other parents just trying to just, see yeah it's the tween preteen era I'm like I'm exploring getting into whole new, whole new territory here so yeah <sighs> Oh man, so fun. Well, (laughs) I am so excited for our episode this week because Laura interviewed Heather from Wicked Stepmom. And you guys, I don't want to give too much away, but it was so good. It was so So good. good. Yeah. So they discussed how Heather started blogging. She explains why she's called Wicked Stepmom, which I love. I love this. I'm so excited for her to share this with you guys. And she talks about stepmom insecurities and parallel parenting. And so she and I actually got on a call a while ago and we talked about this because um, they do parallel parenting, but it's not long distance. And so that's such a cool perspective for her to share. And then she gets into talking about infertility and, you know, like having an ours baby and trying to go through that process. And There were so many great takeaways from this episode. I just, I loved listening to it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it ended up being so great. And we had such a great discussion. At the end, I told her we had to be real friends. Oh my gosh, (laughs) same. I did the same thing. Okay, so I love it. So funny, you guys. And 
we were planning out like who we wanted to have on this podcast this season. And we both thought of her. Do you remember that? We were talking about it. And yes, you were like, I don't want to say her name. And I was like, I don't want to say her name. And it was almost, we had to say (laughs) one, two, three. And we both said the same name. Heather. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I know. I am so glad we did though, because it turned out to be so good. Uh, And I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, But I don't want to hold us up anymore from this interview. So um, here we go. Here's the interview with Heather. Hi, Heather. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy that we're able to do this and that we're getting you on. So let's start off with talking about your blog a little bit. How did you come up with your name, Wicked Stepmom? Well, I'm sure if you're in or out of the blended family community, uh, we all grew up knowing about Wicked Stepmoms, all of the fairy tales. And funny enough, where I grew up in the eastern part of Canada, wicked actually means awesome, wonderful, cool, fun, amazing. (laughs) And I happened to be around a campfire with some friends one night and they're like, why don't you use wicked stepmom as a play on words? And I'm like, that's brilliant. So it literally came out of too much wine, a play on words from where I grew up and it kind of fell into my lap and it, it, it works. I love it. I love that it came from a positive place too, because we hear so much negativity and stigma around the stepmom, you know, name and, and persona that I love that your name just came out of a fun time and something positive. Cause we never hear about, Absolutely. well, we, we don't hear about the positive enough. Let's say that, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> so what made you decide to start your blog and sharing experiences of of being a stepmom and, you know, and just your personal life. Yeah. So it kind of started, uh, I happened to, well, first of all, my stepsons were two and four when I met my now husband and I walked into this role and there were a lot of firsts for me as a parent. And I would tell my friends that were like not in this situation about these funny stories about, you know, my littlest little penis pants in the middle of a grocery store. And looking oh up my at gosh. Me because he was three years old and he knew exactly that I had no idea what to, what to do, where a mom in a more conventional setting would have had a blowout at a di- of a diaper with an infant, but that infant had no idea that they didn't know what they were doing. Right. And these stories are funny and they're normal as a part of like parenting. I mean, I had my five-year-old drawing my boobs on like meet the teacher day. Oh my gosh. The birth <laughs> mom or the time that he started to play with my lingerie. Um, so, or even just navigating how to, how to get a three-year-old, cause they're quite heavy and tall into a shopping cart. These were funny dynamics that I never had to do prior to this new life as a parent. And I simply wanted to talk about the funny stories of navigating the first as a stepmom, just like a conventional birth mom has her first and, or a, a conventional dad bio or birth has that those first moments. These were my first. I just happened to be, have a two and a four year old. Right. Instant, instant mom. I think, is that what you would always say? I think I always see. Yeah. In, yeah. Instant motherhood. Yes. Instant motherhood. And I was like, Oh my God, that is so accurate. Wait, it's such an accurate way to describe it because if you don't have experience with children um, and really who does prior to being a stepmom or a mom to that degree, you know, you do in a stepmom role, it is instant. It's almost like, you know, one thing you're just living your best single life. And then next year you're with this, your significant other and it's great. And you're like, Oh, I'm a mom now. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I always joked and, and talked about how my life, my life was 
so dramatically different. I mean, I went from having pink decor through my condo had and my hashtags like by life was like, I don't need no man. I got this to like waking up in the middle of the night with someone peeing the bed. So it was quite a diverse um, and to the extreme, totally different, but it's, a, it's been exciting <laughs> and a whirlwind and I have enjoyed every part of the journey. And I love your positivity that you bring out too, while also being candid and honest, because I feel like you offer both, which is awesome. And you have the funny parts and you don't want to have other stepmoms and out there seeing the negative side all the time. Like you want, you're like, this is the reality, but at the same time, like there is a lot of positive aspects to this role, right? Absolutely. That's totally it. I wanted to be a part of normalizing the stepmom role or the step parent role. And I think that's it. We are simply people trying to parent these little tiny humans in our lives and hoping, fingers crossed, they're going to turn out to be good adults. And exactly. just normalizing our role to say, we are simply just like the next parent. We just didn't birth them. We didn't carry them for nine months. And, you know, if we can, we qualify um, adoptive parents as true parents or foster parents as true parents, then I think the world and society needs to see stepmoms and step parents in that same light. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And with that, with struggles, you know, talk, switching topics a little bit um, with, the struggling aspect, uh, do you want to touch a little bit on some of the, you know, beginning struggles to what you have faced being a stepmom and jumping into this role from stepmom stigma to co-parenting? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think honestly, like one of the biggest questions or topics I get, even with just on Instagram and people direct messaging me, it's, it's about not feeling adequate. And I think coming in it's about having the confidence in our role. And that goes back to normalizing the, our role as a stepmom or stepparent um, and, and seeing that are as equal as any other parent involved. And I think for me, my struggle was just uh, as seen as being seen as someone who, who could sign the documents or can show up at parent teacher or can be seen on the playground and arrange in a play date. And I think often, you know, as kids, we look back and we're like, oh, the playground was so tough. Like I was left out or I wasn't invited to the swings today. And then you become a, you know, a middle school schooler. And you're like, I didn't get to hang out on the monkey bars with my girlfriends. And that never really changes. When you walk into a school playground as a step parent, it is just as freaking intimidating. It's scary. Yes. And you just want to feel as adequate if my littlest little didn't want to say goodbye to me everyone thought that I was this evil stepmom and the kids didn't love me and that they wanted to just be with their mom but that's just a kid having a normal mood just like they would with the their bio mom or dad right and, and so I really I really struggle with my confidence in the role and I think now I'm six years into it I have come a long way but my encouragement would be to other women embarking on this is that it's normal and just see the process through because you'll get there and you'll feel like when the teachers start to recognize you and see you and, you know, reach out to you about parent teacher or parents are reaching out to you and building relationships with you for parent teacher. Those are the things you hang on to and be like, no, I am in this child's life for a reason. People see me in this child's life and I am as valuable. Right. Exactly. And so any of you feeling, you know, a lack of confidence or just like a low on the priority scale, like we felt that. And I feel like I'm a broken record saying this, but time does 
does help a lot. You said you're in this, you've been in this for six years. I'm going on nine this year. And I will say that the last couple of years have been the best for me. And I feel like with all the trials and tribulations that we've been through, uh, my husband and I, like we have come out stronger, I feel like because of it. Um, but also just with, with the schooling, like you said, and um, you know, some of the, the teachers are going to be more accepting of you than others. And I feel like a couple of years down the road, you start to kind of let it roll off your shoulders because you're like, look, I am important. I do so much for my kids, for um, our family and stepmom or not like this, I'm legitimate. And like, we, yeah. I feel like you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I am. So if you don't like that, then that's on you. Right. Absolutely. And, and just to be clear, like our situation isn't like even yours, Laura, it's not, it's, it's probably more on the parallel parenting. So it's not like everything was cohesive. It was very divided. Mm-hmm. Um, even on the playground, I knew certain were mom's friends and I didn't try to push myself in that circle. I didn't try to show my worth. I created my own relationships with people outside of that. And literally right. I only made relationships with people for my stepsons. Um, and I, and another, another thing I know that even within that is that it's okay to protect those relationships and to, and then allow those relationships to be had with her and mm-hmm. allow for my relationships to develop, you know, based on the, the friends group or, you know, the, I don't know, could be the community you're in. It's okay to have those and to protect those boundaries or to protect your time. That's another thing I really, I struggled with was always feeling like our time was interrupted and not, and that doesn't mean by like her stopping by, that means with like text. And if that was just on the days that my husband and I were alone without the kids, it was text about the kids about something or, you know, three hour phone conversations every Tuesday night and right. it was draining. Or when the kids did show up, it's like all these emails about something they said or behavioral issues. And it's like, well, can we just have one time or an allotted amount of time or and setting those boundaries to protect your time together as a family and to protect your time together as a couple? I think I learned it through trial. We learned it through trial and error, but it was actually the only thing that truly allowed us to function and feel free in the time that we had together, whether it was just solo or with the, with the kids. Right. And, you know, sometimes you have to establish those boundaries and it's healthy to do so, especially if they are disrupting your daily life or the life that you're trying to build on your end, because you deserve that as a stepmom, we deserve that. We deserve to have that family time and not to feel like we're constantly giving up our time. Um, I've, I've found that the best thing for us is like, and I know like with my, um, with my stepson's mom, like she sometimes will be texting us both times, you know, whether he's with us or with her. And I know that it's because it's on her mind and it's just like, you know, she's not thinking like, oh, I don't want to bother them. It's more just like, it's something that just has to be discussed. And I would say like over time, it's become better and easier for me to just say, oh, we'll just get back to her when we can. Not everyone has that luxury because I know a lot of you out there, um, you know, have expressed that if you're not giving a response back, then it causes issues and everyone's situation is different. But I think you figure out the best way to go about it for you and for your family. Um, and also Heather, just with, you know, you had mentioned parallel parent, uh, parenting and I know we have more of a co-parenting situation. Um, Ashley does actually does have a parallel parenting situation herself. Um, 
but did you want to go a little bit more into details about that? Um, and just also, I wanted to mention too, that parallel parenting or co-parenting, whatever one you have, both are good. It doesn't always have to be one versus the other, but um, do you want to kind of talk about that too? Yeah, I know Ashley's parallel parenting is completely different too because of the custody schedule. She doesn't uh, have the luxury, I guess, to see uh, EK as often. However, we have a parallel parenting situation and it's it's completely 50-50. We actually have a two two five five schedule and we still parallel parent. That's not... It's not agreed upon in both homes that we're parallel parenting. It's not something we talk about and or communicated about that this is the type of parenting we're going to do. It's simply because we tried to co-parent. We tried to come together and agree on you know a form of discipline or how we were going to navigate through an issue. And when you're, I will choose my words wisely here. <laughs> when you when you are are trying to communicate with someone who only wants it one way mm-hmm. and believes that fair is only one way, not necessarily that actually fair means both sides are not winning. Both sides are coming to an agreement that neither really like, but it's one to meet both needs. Right. And I think, I think for us, it just made sense that we, we, we could no longer rely on the other house to follow through, through something. And there was just no, like there was just no, communication to meet eye to eye or whatever you want to call it we we couldn't it was impossible so Mm -hmm. it became a a factor of these are the things that happen in our house this is how we you know do things here and the boys left and they made the shift and how to do things and I mean there are arguments and there are books and there are podcasts that all say that that's hard on the children maybe so but it was we were also seeing the effects on, on the boys feeling the pressure that we couldn't agree or that we couldn't do something together or they were used as, you know, some kind of pawn in the middle to make a point. So it just makes more sense for us to literally our time is our time and her time is her time. We don't show up at hockey games when she is at a hockey game and it's her time. That is her time to invite the family that she wants to. And it is uninterrupted by us and, and vice versa. And maybe we've done that to create a boundary for ourselves, but, respectively we've given that same boundary I mean there are things that we do try to communicate with about homework or about the well-being of the children you do have to loop the other person in but it doesn't mean that a response is going to come back and if that response doesn't come back we're not being let down or getting frustrated about it we simply go about parenting the children the way we see best on our right and and she does the same and you know we kind of came to that way because there's a reason why my husband and her split up right (laughs) and just like we can't expect our next door neighbors to parent the exact same way we can't even expect our best friends to parent the exact same way that we do how do we expect her to parent the exact same we do way we do and vice versa when we all have different values and different interests and you know different morals really in in a lot of aspects it's it's we're setting ourselves up to fail in our situation there are there were so few similarities that it made more sense to for the boys to live almost two different lives. Absolutely. And, you know, just to going back to what you said about lots of podcasts and blog posts out there about the right and wrong way to do it in the, in reality, I personally believe um, that consistency, love, and 
piece is really the best way for your children. And sometimes that's parallel parenting and exactly what you said, the way you guys do it. And I think the way you guys do it is what's working for your kids. And that's, that's admirable that you guys have taken that approach because you're doing what's best for you, but also for the kids. And sometimes co-parenting just can't work. And sometimes people are high conflict and they're never going to change or they never want to change. So you have to do the best that you can in those situations. And it sounds like you guys have figured out, you know, the best approach for you. And it sounds like it's what's working best for your boys too. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, And then, so going uh, moving on actually a little bit to, I know you've talked about this uh, on your blog and I know it's a sensitive subject, but I was wondering if um, I've had a, a lot of people on here expressing their journeys and struggles with infertility. Um, you and I had discussed uh, a little while ago that I have a friend currently going through it. And, and I know the other day, like I just sat with her and she just talked to me. I just listened to her talk and like, I you know, I wanted, I felt like that was helpful for her, but, um, I just, for all of those out there that are currently going through it, have gone through it. Um, if you could just maybe touch on, on some of your journey with that. Yeah. It's, it's something that took me some time to want to share, to be honest. I started Mm -hmm. writing, writing about this through our journey in the last two years, um, periodically just to kind of my chest that's kind of how I process things and uh eventually I think it was this past fall that I said to my husband I said you know do you think we're ready to start sharing about this and to be honest a lot of our family and our closest friends didn't know that we were actually even dealing with this or going through this right so they didn't know where we were at um my husband had a vasectomy in his previous marriage and I knew that coming into our relationship, but he had always explained to me that he wanted to have more children. Mm-hmm. With that said, it, honestly, in the first, I think, couple times that we started talking and I thought that maybe there were some feelings coming uh, involved, I said to him, you know, if you don't believe in marriage and you don't want any more children, like, let's not waste my time here. Right. Um, and <laughs> so that day he said he started looking up, you know, the cost of vasectomy reversals because right. it was important. He had always thought that he wanted more, but you know, just because of life and decisions previous made, um, yeah, it was kind of off the table. Right. So I knew that I knew that we were going to, you know, do the reversal upon our, like when we were ready and it was unsuccessful, which was heartbreaking and devastating to both of us, to be honest, cause it's, it's not cheap and it was our most, likely option in in being able to conceive and finding out that it was unsuccessful and would never work was it, it was quite hard um it's hard because you as a, a stepmom I think every day you have that reminder that they've already had that, that they, right it's another reminder that she shared that with him and you won't get to and it's a reminder that like there's something that you there's a lot of you that you feel that you've given up through this process in twofold, you gain a lot. You gain a family. You gain this unconditional love of children that you never expected. But you do feel like because it wasn't your choice initially that you, you've you lost a part of yourself. And you have to figure out, navigate. And I'm still doing that six years in. And I will continue to do that 16 years in. I'm sure of it. But right. you know, when that is on your plate, you feel like you've lost even a dream of yours. That that little girl. Like I never dreamed of being a stepmom. I never dreamed of marrying someone who had already purchased a house and started a family with someone. 
I mean, right. that's now the most the most beautiful thing that I could ever imagine. But I didn't write about that one in my diary when I was you know, 13 years old. I dreamed of that marrying my Prince Charming and how I would be, you know, to him and share in all these first experiences together. And now all of a sudden I had to grieve all of that again, knowing that there was a possibility that we wouldn't get to share in those in that special part of, you know, bringing a child into the world together. So I have shared a lot about our process. Mm -hmm. We've looked at and, and, you know, done a lot of research on donor-assisted pregnancy. Uh, There's adoption, of course. And there are just some options that are completely off the table for us. Right. I will say that we have journeyed on this together. It hasn't been easy. It's been tough in the relationship. It's been tough in the family. Uh, The boys really don't know, of course, because they're too little. They would never fully understand. Right. But it's a whole, it's again. That whole, the whole idea that you, oh, you knew what you're signing up for when you, no. mom, you have Nobody. no idea, <laughs> I have no idea what these, even if someone told me this was the outcome in six years, I would have never expected to feel the things I felt like, if, yeah, it's, it's not a fair statement for anybody to make that too. I, I have to say the, you knew what you were signing up for. I don't know who invented that statement, but it needs to die. <laughs> no Absolutely. Matter, I don't care if you're a stepmom, bio mom, dad, I don't know anything a polar bear, a, I don't know, <laughs> anything like no one knows what they're getting themselves into. No one know, knew what they were signing up for. That doesn't exist in real life. People like, let's just get rid of that statement already. <laughs> totally agree. Let's, we can just kill it here. This is the yes. <laughs> um, but I really appreciate you sharing that. And I guess the only other thing I wanted to really um, ask you is, you know, with, I told you about my friend and, and just, well, how to con- comfort somebody like, go- like, how do I comfort you with this or, or, or not comfort you, but, but talk about it with you that is not going to make you feel worse. Like, what can I say as your friend that would make you feel better for the stepmoms out there who are going through these similar issues? Cause you know, they have, like you were saying, family and friends who are asking and saying the wrong things and, and so what would you, I guess, say to me <laughs> if I was talking to you or, or to them and their families? I think when, when and if someone's opening up and trusting you enough to have the conversation with you about it, they're not actually looking for an answer from you, that person they're, they're talking to. They have gone through every case scenario together as a couple, like they've processed every aspect. So suggesting like well have you considered adoption yeah they freaking have thought about <laughs> adoption and there is a reason why or they're going down that road or they don't want to talk about it or it's right and or if they've talked about donors assisted or if you say things like well you you still get to have you know experience having children because you have your stepchildren or the concept of like well maybe this is what it's supposed to be you might as well enjoy life just the two of you and go travel those things have all crossed the couple's mind, the, your right. friend's mind, your sister's mind, they are there. All they need is some comfort to be like, this is shitty. Yeah. What you're experiencing is shitty. And your dream of having a child is conventionally or like normally is lost. And that's a huge thing to grieve. And they are grieving just as they were grieving if their child died at childbirth, if they had a miscarriage, or if they lost their mother or father. It is the same unbearable grief in their heart and they are coming to you because they are so stricken with with sadness so just comfort them in their sadness let them feel real 
Yeah. Let them be normal. Acknowledge their feeling. I mean, in every fight and conversation we have in like in society and relationships, you know, in friendships, it's about acknowledging that person's feeling and in the position that they're in and, and letting them know that it, it there's that you couldn't imagine being in that position or feeling that way. And I think that's, that's all that person needs. And I mean, they're going to ask you questions because they're bouncing off their own things that are going through their own head. I mean, I talked to my best friend about donor assisted and, you know, adoption. And, but sometimes I'm just talking about my own things that we've, that we've already come to an idea on. And I mean, if you want to give something tangible, I will tell you that my husband and I did do specific infertility counseling and it's pricey. And if there's a way that you wish you could give someone a bouquet of flowers or how can I help give them a session, like bless them with some kind of a session that's out there or do the research for them because they're too exhausted and too upset to be able to do the, the research to find someone who can help them through this. But we, we went to sessions on, you know, donor assisted and possible adoption and what that would look for, like for us. And it gave us some tools to be able to communicate more effectively at home instead of in the heightened, you know, exhaustion of the stress and grief of it all. That's great. And you know what, that's such a good thing to, to suggest. And I'm so glad you brought that up because, um, in while my, while my therapy that I go to is not, um, fertility related, you know, I've expressed on here and openly that I go to therapy and, and it is so helpful for me. So, um, for you to bring that up too for other people, like that is such a good idea. And, um, I love that, that you had success with it and that, that you're sharing that too. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for, you know, for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And I know the stepmoms on here who are going through similar things as well. Um, appreciate it too. And, um, and thank you so much for coming on. Um, I love Heather, you guys. She is my favorite. <laughs> Seriously, I love talking to her. I feel like we're, I want, to, I want her to be my best friend. So um, in a not creepy way. Um, but no. <laughs> Virtual <laughs> BFFs. Virtual B- One day I'll come out to, to Canada. Canada. I was going to awesome. say Alaska. <laughs> same, same, almost. Just, just almost the same trip. Yeah. <laughs> just so we can hang out and have wine in person. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Follow her on Instagram at Wicked Stepmom. Check out her blog. Um, look her up online and and watch her Instagram stories too because they're great. <laughs> but thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We will be releasing a new episode of season one every week. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Our Splendid Life and at Millennial Stepmom.